Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sit down. Uh, we go over New Year's resolutions, our own, uh, as well as the current sort of pushback against New Year's resolutions in general, because that's been going around on social media lately. It's a new popular thing. We talk about some topical things like the Andrew Tate stuff and our opinions on that um you know and we do our regular thing we go on a million tangents uh we do have a surprise for miami people on this one a very very special institution that makes miami what it is that's been out of commission for a while is coming back so uh, you can look forward to that um other than that sit back relax enjoy another episode of hybrid unlimited we want to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for the podcast, Element. Chances are you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. Element is an electrolyte supplement that contains no added sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially if you sweat a lot during your training. Having the right levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium flowing through your system will not only help combat fatigue and brain fog, but it can seriously improve your performance in the gym. But don't just take our word for it. Athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, US Olympians, and members of the Special Forces are all drinking Element to get their electrolyte intake on point with the most delicious powder on the market seriously these flavors are insane my personal favorite is citrus salt element is giving our listeners a special offer head over to the link in our show notes or ig to get a free gift with your purchase courtesy of our friends at element again the link is drinkelement.com hybrid that's drink slash hybrid stay salty and now back to the show welcome to 2023 this is the first episode of the year sitting down with marcus leone um we were talking about before we got on the podcast that it's apparently there's controversy over whether or not you're allowed to have new year's resolutions anymore well i don't know if it's a controversy i think that there's like a lot of i've seen a lot of like you know when like a trend starts on social media, you know, you'll start to see like spinoffs and weird like reverberations within the world of social media, people agreeing and disagreeing and making commentary. Like, so apparently the new thing from my limited research is like whether or not a new year's resolution is even acceptable anymore. Like people are like disputing the idea that you can resolve something on uh, Jan one and like make it, like a thing that you resolved to do that year or something to that effect. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, you can't, you can't be a new year's resolutionary. You have to have discipline. This is whole, you right, know, right, getting right, to right. semantics, debating motivation versus like discipline, I guess it's like, I get that, but it's like some people need a hard starting point. I get it. Yeah. Obviously in a perfect world, everybody should be disciplined all the time to their goals and the lifestyle habits that best suit them. But it's like, Okay, that's not realistic. Obviously, a lot of people have a problem with that. And even if people are making positive New Year's resolutions, like, let's say they that? only last six months of the year. Okay, at least you did something good for six months of the year. Yeah, dude. I right? mean, it's better than nothing. If you resolve like, okay, like oh, I'm going to start a new training program year one. I'm going to sign up for the you know, whatever it is. Like, why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing to resolve like, okay, for the first 90 days of 2023, I'm going to get my nutrition in check. Like you might actually learn something. And I don't know if it stemmed from this, but the point that I saw it kind of uh, blow up from was this post that uh, 
Equinox made. So Equinox made this really controversial post on January 1st. Yeah. And they didn't allow any signups. They like actually shut off, which to me is an insane business decision. And I don't know who okayed this. It must have gone through some channel and gotten okayed. But they made a post on January 1st on their Instagram and it blew up all over the news. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. news syndicate. You saw it. Yeah. Like we deny uh, New Year's whatever. January doesn't exist to us. What? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, Go go tell your CFO that January doesn't exist to you. But I bet. (laughs) I bet. They knew that this was just going to be super controversial, and they're like, let's just get talked about a lot. Like, I get that, but for a gym brand like theirs, I I don't think that that went over well. I wonder if they hired some, uh, like, outside marketing team, and they're like, all right, guys, this year we're going to make a splash. Yeah, it's like, we're not letting anyone in. It's like, isn't that your whole model? But do So did they just (laughs) let people sign up Jan 2, though? I don't know. I know that they shut it off. George, can you pull that up? Did they? Because if they just did it for Jan one and then Jan two, everyone can sign up. I could see that being like people are like, "Oh, this gym, this gym gets it." Yeah, not but, Jan one, but Jan two. I'm gonna, right. get, I'm gonna get in there. Like and, Jan one, we're recovering from drinking yeah. or whatever. But like Jan two, we're hitting it hard. And look, see, it's all over the news. Like I don't know who so, this publication is, but like you would think a mem- a club that's selling four hundred dollar a month memberships to some people is that how much it costs? To go I to know Equinox? my brother in law out in SF pays that. Wow. Which honestly. He told me what they get out of that. Uh, I know out there it's probably more expensive than here because I think in Miami you pay like 200, 300 bucks, but out there he, still just for a rate. I mean, I know. For a do they do his laundry? Gym? Oh, okay. He said that he could leave his laundry in a locker every day and he can come back the next day to clean clothes. Uh, th- that's kind of like in some of the condo buildings here that they have that service. I remember Midtown Five had that. Really? Yeah, in the gym. They had little lockers and then oh my just. God. There, there was a laundry service that would come around. So if you just used the locker, like if you put yeah. stuff in it, it would show that there was something in it and they'd wash it for you. Can I, uh, <clears throat> before we dive into this, there's a bit of breaking news that I want to share. Oh, yeah. And this is actually important. All right. George, what's the most talked about topic on the podcast, at least for me? Oh, I heard this. Please, please go on. You heard this? I, oh, Who'd yeah. you hear from? I know everything. No, you know the same guy I heard it from then. Did he tell you? He did, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I thought I was going to come in here and surprise you today. Oh, no. Tell tell the fans, though, because we do talk about it quite a lot. Guys, <clears throat> I know this isn't going to impact anybody outside of Miami, but if you are coming to Miami, this will impact you. Our beloved Miami bathhouse, the Russian-Turkish bathhouse, is coming back. March, right? In March. Oh, yeah. That's... This is unbelievable news. And the kicker... Is that they redid it? Uh, same location. They they apparently they renovated the building wow. or they renovated the space. So the bathhouse is coming back supposedly in mid March. Wow, our social lives are going to come back. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be there like five times a week. Yeah, I still have. I have two passes of like those, those forty passes. Yeah, because yeah, I lost I do too. one. <laughs> it's been sitting in my wallet for like the last two. Two years straight, just for, waiting for that place to reopen. And for the people who don't know, they're super old school in like every way. But they have a physical pass that you can buy. It's forty sessions for like I don't know how much. It's like four hundred dollars. It's like twenty bucks like a that. session if you or buy it, enough of them. Yeah, and then they clip it with a hole punch every time you come in. Just so ridiculous. You know what I was thinking? Like, I started brainstorming this like mm-hmm. while they were closed. I was like, I wonder how hard it would be to actually open one of those. Like without I feel like there's a lot involved. Oh yeah, I mean, I started to run through it. I was like, okay, so you're probably going to spend 
500 grand or a million bucks just to build one out and then like it's got to be tough but if they're coming back i'm gonna put that little thought in the back burner for quite some time because you gotta stay true and stay loyal oh wait to open up your own bathhouse i was thinking about it i mean obviously it would take a lot of capital but you know still well you could do like a a smaller scale like upscale one because they don't have that here really right no they don't. I mean, and it's surprising because a lot of places, like, you know, they probably have five or six in a city. Yeah. They have some cool ones up in Atlanta and, like, out west and stuff. But... There's a, a cool, legit uh, Russian one in uh, Toronto. Yeah, I'm um, sure. They also have a really upscale one called Othership, and it's actually, like, a cult. It, it looks okay. like a cult. Like, it, their logo is, like, you have to see it. But they, uh, we walked in, uh, me and V, and you know pay for our day pass or whatever we go in and they go so what have you heard about us <laughs> i'm like uh i don't know someone just said it was a bathhouse yeah go, right oh, okay you didn't hear any rumors and what? i was like yeah i'm like I, dude i'm just here to get in the sauna i don't know is this a sex thing propositioning or? you for yeah. something weird like, <laughs> i don't know I sign up for this but it was it is really cool like it's all it, it's really nice it doesn't have you know and i like both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. right the bathhouse in miami the grunginess is what makes it, but this one is like the total other end of the spectrum where you go in and you can either take like classes in it or they like specifically teach you different techniques to like breathing, to stay in the sauna, like Wim Hof type stuff for mm. the cold bath. Like they'll coach you through an ice bath to get to like the time that you want. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, but when you just go for it, I can't remember what it was like called free free uh, flow or something like that, where you just go in and they're around and you can ask them for help if you want it, but they don't like, it's not like you're there yeah. for the class, so you can just do whatever you want. It's like the exact opposite of Miami. Yeah. In Miami, they're like, good luck, don't die, don't fuck anybody in there. And if you do, just... <laughs> the, the, and they had this, so the, their sauna is huge, like... Mm like three maybe twice as big as the final schwitz in the miami oh, wow. one so like really big space and it's got four levels to it so it's like it's like a sauna stadium and then they have a yeah. person like a staff member who's at the front who um will take like you know different scented oh, yeah. like eucalyptus or whatever it's like these snowballs mm. and throw them on the thing so it's like so in check the this air. out george can, nice. you, can you pull up a place called erding Derme, uh, so E R E R D I N G, space, uh, T. Yeah, there it is. So there's a there's a little city outside of Munich, Germany. So like whenever I travel, we usually fly oh. into the city, and they have this thing here. And I, I know I've told you about this before, but I don't think I've ever showed it to you. And it's like, it's at right outside of of Munich, and it's like half of it is like a like this side mm-hmm. that is all just for kids and like families and stuff and it's fully clothed and it's totally normal if you click on that one george the one that you're just hovering above right there uh up a little bit to the left there you go so this side has like 40 or 50 songs that's huge totally nude by the way <laughs> in, in germany it's not weird and it's out in the middle of the country but this place is like it's like a wet and wild or something it's like a massive <laughs> I love it's on the nudist living now website, <laughs> but like it, you're mostly just covered up in towels, but there's like right. 40 or 50 of these like themed saunas. Maybe I'm over exaggerating a little bit, but there's a lot, a lot. Of like so many that you could literally spend the entire day. I mean, there's like a thousand lockers in the locker room just for this side or maybe it's both sides, but 
it that yeah that that's part of it that like water thing so like you can just go outside and huh. it's an indoor outdoor pool plus all the saunas plus like you know tons of like lounge space but it's basically this massive like theme park thing full of saunas and hot like that whole thing is heated and you can sit there around these bars and just drink and like hang out and do whatever it looks that's cool if that's heated i bet you that's nice in the winter if they have that open oh my oh yeah it's we were just uh in the summer we were there but oh yeah like everyone's naked. Yeah, everybody's naked but you know in germany <laughs> it's not weird so it's not like this weird sexual right thing like it's just like that's just what they do there but you could spend the entire day there like relaxing and eating and drinking and like it's amazing so you can get like good beer on tap it's like four euros a pop wow on tap that's nice oh yeah and they have like bartenders everywhere but the coolest part is all these saunas like they have one like you were just talking about with like a stadium style seating. They have one outside. Well, they have like probably five outside, but the coolest one is this room. And it's like a giant stadium seating tiki looking thing. And you could pack like 80 people in there. And they have at the very top like a throne. So like okay. it's a gigantic wooden chair. And if it's a it's probably like 15 feet up. So you have to climb up the bleachers of like where you sit and then they select somebody to sit up there. Last time I went, uh, I volunteered to go up there and they go through this like ceremony. So like set times throughout the afternoon up until like eight o'clock, they have like a ceremony where they, everybody gathers and every time they do it, it's packed, like just full of naked German people. <laughs> and like they bring in a guy. And they start playing music. So they'll play like ACDC and like Metallica and Slayer. They're getting, they're getting you hyped. Dude, it, <laughs> the place goes wild. And they go in the center and they start like chucking those ice balls out on the uh, the, the heater thing. Turn off all the lights. And they got one guy or girl sitting up at the top of the throne. Like absorbing basically all the heat. It gets like super heated up there. This guy runs around for 15 minutes at a time, waves a gigantic flag around to superheat the rest of it. Oh, and yeah. then at other ship, they do the towels. They yeah, there with the exactly, towels. Exactly, exactly. So it turns into like, like a ceremony. But they do these little ceremonies in all of the different themed saunas. Like they have one that's just for beer. So they'll come in, they'll, they'll do like a ceremony with beer and they'll superheat it also. Whoa. And like, it's just a really unique experience, and uh, I mean that looks beautiful too. Like it looks really, oh, it's like, like a nice place. It's super nice. I mean, it's a lot of it's like families, and then the other side where it's just adults only. It's like it's not oh. like some weird degenerate thing. It's just normal there. It just happens to be naked. Here, I feel like the bathhouse attracts like three types of people: either complete hippie, athlete, or like scary Russian person. <laughs> what's the what's the vibe at that one? Just everyone's normal. They're just, oh, okay. it's just like a normal cross section. Cause there it's not like you don't have to be an athlete or a scary Russian person to right. attend. It's just like, this is part of their culture. So they don't think it's this weird, like, it's not even like a novelty. No, it's just like, they just see it as like a, like, you know, f for us in America, it's like, okay, we go to work, we go home, go to church. Like this is just like a thing that they do for health. Wow. That's so, that's pretty fun. I, if I go back, I've, I've been to Germany once before, but if I go back, I'm going to. Munich's a Could really cool city, but this makes it worth it because, like, whenever, like, they have a good airport there, so that's my choice to fly in and out whenever we do trips. But this place specifically, it's like you can get off the plane, go straight there, and go into the city. But like, you can spend like six hours, eight hours there, and like, you feel really, really good afterward. Probably so ready for bed too. 
it's just like the stress <laughs> just melts off you, man. It's so cool. But anyways, we're going down a super rabbit yeah, hole yeah, away yeah. from the New Year's theme of the podcast. Well, yeah. But... Did you? So did you have any New Year's resolutions? Dude, no. I, I resolved to finish building my house. Okay. I, I don't know if that's like an acceptable one. I mean, like I have some the kind of like ambiguous ones like work business related and things like that, which like that's great. Like I have those every year. Like, I don't think I have anything, like, specific yet. I don't think I've even had a moment to, like, sit and do it. Yeah. Do you? Like, did you have um, anything specific? My, mine are not specific, but just in, in general, like, uh, I'm not great at keeping up with people who are important to me. Like, I'll get mm-hmm. a text message and I'll, like, I'll see it pop up and I'll go, okay, I'll get to that later. And then I just won't. Or, like, you yeah. know, and then the next time that I'll, I'll, I'll look at my phone – like it'll well the next time i see that person's message it'll be i'll go to message them about something and then i'll be like oh "Oh, shit yeah just seeing this now and it's like damn but i'm you know my intentions were good but it was just it's something that i need to work on so that's something i just want to be better with especially with family and close friends and stuff like that you know um that was really it and then this isn't really a resolution but just doing dry january just oh, you know, okay. every I used to do it intermittently in the past, mm. um, where I would just What's take a that? month. Because like I questioned you and you said it. I don't know what I didn't know what that oh, was. At dry first. January is just not not consuming any alcohol for the month of January, which like is not hard to do. But no, it's, just, like it's just when you get into like a habit of just you know every time you go out you have a couple of beers or you yeah. wind down at the end of the day with a couple of beers you know you start realizing I could probably do this less. Sure. So it's nice to – my mom actually has a good perspective on it because I asked her why she does it every year. And she was like, well, like if you're just going to go back to to drinking after January. And she's like, well, it's still better to not drink for one month of the year than to drink for all of the months of the year. You know, it's like yeah. – it's not like it's going to change your, your life immediately. But you do that for 12 years. That's a year of your life that you weren't yeah. you know, drinking. It also shows you have some self-control. Yeah, it's good to – like do make sure you can do that every once yeah. in a while i think too there's so. always that thought of like am i addicted to this thing so like you know addiction's like a very real sure. and very serious thing to 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 face anybody who's dealt with it you know they'll tell you that but and alcohol is d- one that can creep up on you because it's so casual right yeah. like it's accepted to go out and have a couple of beers at dinner or meet up for a drink or mm-hmm. have a podcast and have a drink or do any of these different things so it's like you're never really questioning it like if it is an addiction thing or whatever. So I think it is, like you said, good to test it. Cause it's not like, you know, if you were doing cocaine everywhere you went, people would be like, Hey, you need to cut back on that. Yeah. Right. But if you just have a, you know, well, beer is very socially acceptable. Like it's yeah. one of those things that like, you don't really question unless you think that person has a problem. Well, and even, even, you know, whiskey and wine, those are considered more, you know, in scotch or more sophisticated things, you know, they're like, yeah. they're, you know, you you see it in in mm. movies and TV shows. It's like, you know, if you ever see a like person of power, male or female, in in a show, there's always or a movie, there's always a scene where there there's like something trying is happening. And they pour themselves yeah, a whiskey. I gotta have a drink. It's like, well, oh. that's a coping mechanism. My friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, if you look back on like shows and and like anything uh, in pop culture related from like the fifties and sixties and seventies, like I would dare you to go back and find something that was popular and if that person didn't have a drink or a cigarette in their hand like oh yeah i'd be shocked well even look how i mean how mad men 
sort of cast the light on how that's how that's actually how that was yeah. you could go and just have five drinks by noon <laughs> and yeah. you can go to meetings and like nobody batted an eye back oh, then dude, you get fired so quick for that now oh yeah and smoking too like if you ever watch peaky blinders or any of like the pop mm. culture like i don't know if it's true but you kind of see online now people are comparing like those like peaky blinders memes to like this weird like man cult type mentality What's... where they like idolize his character tommy shelby oh really yeah you know what i'm talking about george or like they have this picture of him and like doing something and they'll put text over it and it's like it's kind of like oh yeah, he's like yeah. a pre-andrew tate andrew tate type figure right right but it's like yeah but he was like a gangster murderer like i don't know if he's definitely a role know, but, model but he wears a suit and has a nice accent right and he's chain smoking and he has ptsd <laughs> and he needs therapy and he, well, he actually know. gets alcohol induced psychosis in one of the seasons you remember that um Oh, that's right, because that's why he went sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went sober. I think he picked up drinking again, like in the fifth season. I haven't. Is is there a new season? When the last one come out? Because that's a great show. The last one was it. fifth season. I don't know if I saw. Shout it out that. to Tom Hardy, by the way. Oh, he play the he plays the Jewish guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the Jewish gangster. Uh, uh, Ari. Ari. Yeah, I think it is no, Ari. That's just a stereotypical name. It's something Alvi. 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 Re- wait, Alvi. No, it's not Alvi. Well, Tommy Shelby is just like another Sigma male character. That's like yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sigma male. That's the funniest thing, right? Because like, what's you, that mean? What's that term mean? I, I mean, it's like a, it's kind of like a term above alpha. So they call like you're a Sigma male, and it's like you don't you only focus on like grinding and hustling and making money and like oh, basically okay. being a misogynist and also like. It's like I was. Did I butcher that, George? <laughs> I, I would say it's like this more like the cool lone wolf. Okay. Yeah, 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 right. The cool okay. lone wolf. Oh, okay. But they don't he, highlight he, that. He's part. like, he's suffering, but in a cool way. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> dog. PTSD right. is not cool. Right, okay. He's just shell shocked. Yeah. Like, he had PTSD before they had a term for it, him and his brother. Like, you know, Who? the whole. Uh, who's his brother Arthur? Oh yeah, so the yeah. whole time like Arthur basically like returns from the war with him, and they just act out and like, or he acts out in like really violent yeah, yeah. ways. Just like he'll just beat somebody to death with his fists, and then like everybody's like, ah fuck, Alfie, Alfie Solomon's Alfie, and we were both, we were close. Yeah, we were. We had we were Ari and Alfie. We were halfway. It, but his character like throughout the whole series is like basically going from alcoholic to. Well, I know there's way into the cocaine too. Right. To cocaine addict. And then like, you know, I don't know. Did he, he left, his wife left him because he was too addicted to drugs. And there was like a whole like arc with his character, but he's always been in the background kind of suffering. If anyone has, is looking for a show, that's a great one. If you haven't seen it, the Peaky Blinders. Ah, That's so good. And there, I think we're coming up on whatever the finale of the whole story is, which is supposed to be a movie. Yeah. Wait, they're making a movie? I thought there was supposed to be six seasons plus a movie, but I don't know if the movie's getting made. I I have no idea. This is it, right? So these are the the Sigma male characters. So the top top five Sigma males, Tommy Shelby, Patrick Bateman Bateman from American Psycho, Walter White, Heisenberg, okay. I wouldn't put Tony Montana. Would you? Is that from also Breaking Bad? Yeah. Gus Fring's from Breaking Bad. Remember, he was the guy that was like Walter White's arch nemesis for a couple of seasons before they blew right. him up. Yeah, he owned the chicken joint. Yeah, he owned the money laundering chicken joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like the 
less less uh, lucrative uh, money laundering operation than Walter White and uh, his good buddy Jesse. <laughs> oh man! Oh well. Speaking of Sigma males and Andrew Tate. Um, yeah, there's been some news on that, huh? Yeah, I've been trying to get like I I love following this stuff. It's so entertaining. Uh, me too. But so if, if anyone hasn't been following it, basically. He got his house raided. He got into an argument on Twitter with Greta Thunberg, and then he made a rebuttal video to her where he was just telling her off, basically. Can we play that video, by the way, because it is. Yeah, it, it is, is good. It's worth the watch. It is hilarious. And like, it, so he tells her off, and then at the end, because she's an environmentalist, he asks whoever's off screen to bring him a pizza, and then he asks for. To make sure the pizza box isn't Just recyclable. Just go to his, uh, his Twitter. His Twitter. He posted it on his Twitter account. Yeah. Now but I, f- I think that the pizza box being the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was. I don't know if that's confirmed. Like, so the so, the story is yeah, that the story that is, yeah. the pizza box that was brought into the screen was a local pizza place in Romania. It's a chain, so they knew he was in the country, and apparently as the story goes, they needed to know that he was in the country in order to go like raid his place and get him. Right. right. And apparently, so like I'd known because I'd seen on, when I first heard about him, like what a month or two ago, and this guy mm. popped up on my radar, like that he, the story was that he was under investigation for rape and, or I don't know if it was rape specifically, like human trafficking, yeah, yeah. human trafficking. So they had raided his place like a while ago, earlier this year, but nothing had happened as a result of it. And, you know, like all great government investigations go, um, nothing really happens for for a bit of time. You know, like they just kind of they just kind of mm. let let it go in the background, and there it is. There's the that's, video. That's it. Let's let's watch this, Beb. <laughs> I'm obviously a stranger to online controversy. It's not something I often do. But now, the mainstream press is commenting on the fact that I was informing. In the Versace robe, too. And she replied by telling me her own email. Greta's email is actually, I have small dick internet. What's funny about this is he's a what, 40 something year old man? Just, how old is Greta Thunberg? Like 20? She's a baby, man. I don't she know. Looks 12. She's, yeah, she's. Oh, here's the pizza box. Jerry's Pizza. Can you imagine? Dot R-O. <laughs> that doesn't sound Romanian at all. No. <laughs> like, is is there a Romanian guy named Jerry that started a pizza chain? Like, this seems like a Seinfeld joke. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's big on the Matrix, yeah. hey? <laughs> All right. Well, we don't need to listen to everything. Yeah, so there's a piece box. He, he's he's just rambling. But first of all, hilarious because obviously he's just a huge troll. Like, right. But it was right after this that he got basically arrested, put in front of a Romanian judge. 
he tried to post bail to get out and the mm-hmm. judge held him there now he's being days, detained right? for 30 days so he's in jail pending this and the funny thing was his his the charges level against him were not just like rape or whatever money like, laundering right too well the organized crime they think he's a right. part of an organized crime ring and the thing that they accused him of was something i heard him talk very 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 explicitly about in a podcast with the nelk boys so full send, he went on the full send podcast and he talked about his like original business that he was involved in. And he basically just ran like a house where he had a bunch of the webcam thing running webcam scams. And he would talk about them just scamming people. Yeah. Well, I heard him. Well, I, didn't, I never didn't hear him talking about the scamming part because I only saw clips from that podcast. Well, that's my take. But I heard him on another one, another podcast, some other one where he was saying that the webcam girl thing. He was talking about how the clientele is depressed. They're in loveless marriages, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, their life is really sad. And the best part of their day is going on and, you know, forgetting about the world and chatting with these girls for however long they do and paying them a bunch of money. And his position was that although that interaction is one-sided and, you know, the, the girl on the other end is doing that for money, like it's providing a net positive in that, the girl's making money, Andrew Tate is making money, and the guy on the other end gets to interact with them. Gets to interact and kind of escape his life for a little bit. I mean, it's pretty depressing. You could also look at it as just like enabling a person to blow well, nothing, all their money. I don't think there's anything illegal about that, but there's got to be like the way I see governments in general, like if the FBI investigates you. They have to have a pretty good reason to run it all the way up the chain to the point where they like level. Like if the if if you get prosecuted by prosecuted by DOJ or FBI here, mm-hmm. they've already got a pretty good case against you. Sure, I would. I don't know if it's the same in Romania, but I would assume that if they've spent the last like eight months investigating this guy and they finally just arrested him, like there's got to be more to it than what's in the media and like whatever he's gonna use to like spin the story. Like of course he's gonna say. The Matrix is coming for me. He's going to pull up all these old clips about him talking about, you know, my enemies are going to come arrest me. It's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, anybody who's doing something illegal is going to probably do that to get out in front of bad press. Because, like, if you're running an organized crime sure. thing in Romania, like, dude, I, he, he said he moved there because they had lax, lax laws yeah. on this exact thing. I said the funniest defense I saw was because I don't know where to sit on the whole. I don't know anything, right? I know as much as whoever is right. speculating yeah, online. Yeah, but I, uh, someone was like, you know, he put a, there was a podcast he was on. I think it might have been the Nelk Boys, where he was, uh, you know, the the caption to this clip was like, Andrew Tate called it before it even happened, and it was him saying, um, you know, they want to cancel me because you know I'm helping people break out of the matrix all this stuff and they want to keep everybody controlled uh and the first thing they do is they try to cancel you that didn't work he's like the way i see it i have three lives so that's my my first life life gone the second one is they try to trump up some charges to arrest you Mm -hmm. and prosecute you put you in jail and then if that doesn't work they kill you so he's like he was all scared about that so they're like okay oh that he called it that he got arrested but then the first comment underneath it was guy committing crime <laughs> predicts he's gonna get arrested predicts he's gonna get arrested that doesn't so. make you neo bro that just that just means that you were trying to get out in front of bad press and like absolve yourself yeah so in the case that you did get arrested you could do exactly this and point yeah. to it and say that's like SPF going out on all those ridiculous ridiculous interviews where everybody softballed him yeah did you see the new york times had him on a book panel 
prior to him getting arrested. Mm-hmm. And they were just asking him like garbage ass questions. Like it was so bad and so like outside of the point. The guy um, that related to this actually, the two tied together. There's a journalist that was just on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast. Uh, he was like one of the most recent guests, and I I, I got to look up his name in a second. But uh, he'd actually subscribed. He has a pretty big YouTube presence. If you look up, Lex oh, you're Friedman, talking about Coffeezilla. Yeah, 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 that's him. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So Coffeezilla subscribed to his like whole. I watched that whole. His, oh, you did. Uh, episode yeah, me too. Coffee, Coffeezilla. Yeah, well, it was good because he actually showed what this guy's selling and like did the math on it. Also, he's lying about how much money he makes. Yeah, he he said ten mil a week, but he's making he is making. Oh no, he said a hundred mil a week. He's making like ten mil a month. Which is still crazy, crazy money. But I guess the course contents were really like pretty shit. Well, the kind of stuff they're teaching you. Yeah. Well, they, they, he sells you on the idea of you're going to break out of the matrix. You're going to be your own boss and be a millionaire. And then the inside of the course is basically how to run an Amazon side hustle. Well, it's like, you know, (laughs) if you're telling people the sales pitch for your whole business is you're going to escape the matrix and the way to escape the matrix is becoming a fulfillment center for jeff bezos who's one of the world's richest men like i don't think that you're really escaping the matrix like mm-hmm. all of this guy sells just like everybody like there's so many people in the real estate business that do this i mean like the big the the famous one uh, i mean grant cardone's a big one down yeah, here yeah. and like you know he's whatever you know, people have their own opinions on him i don't i don't know how his business actually operates i just see on paper it doesn't look like something i would get behind right and that's saying it nicely <laughs> but a lot of people sell like, yeah, you know, they sell the sell them. You know, like they're the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, with him, like I get it. I, I can't knock this dude's hustle as a brand in and of itself. But the thing he actually sells, no different than the Liver King. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's like they're all selling Liver King, selling his abs and uh, you know unbelievable sex drive or whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> even know whatever he purports. Yeah, have. right. And you know, this guy's selling his uh, ridiculous. Bugattis and cars like dude I, I I you live in Miami too and like you know you've met probably just as many wealthy people as mm-hmm. I have like there's almost no wealthy people that I've ever met that are like flashing how many cars they have is an like indicator of their success like at yeah. least if they're truly wealthy yeah well that's because his his marketing is that you the know Bugatti yeah well that and the lifestyle and women and all this stuff did well, you see the the video so that video that came out that originally i don't know if people if people know this but how he first sort of got some level of notoriety was by being on the show big brother yeah he got kicked off because he got filmed oh also did you see that video no i never i never saw the video of him but whoa remind me there's the dana white video i want oh yeah we should talk about that too that's a crazy one no but i never saw it i know he got kicked off is it online yeah it's like Honestly, not for the faint of heart. Oh, the, the the girlfriend, really? he said that apparently this was his girlfriend and that she came out too. Multiple times she's put out videos saying that this is what they were into and it was consensual and all that. But I saw the video and I was just like, wow, dude. Like he beats the crap out of her and then takes a belt and is like viciously. And this is like, a world champion kickboxer. That's the one thing that's not disputed about him. It's scary. I was like, I saw that video and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I like mind. I can't, you know, I, I get it. People are into weird stuff, but I'm like, this is an absolute like horrendous so shit beat her. down. Yeah. Wow. Like I get why I didn't get why there was outrage before, you know, cause I didn't see the video and then I watched it 
And I was just like, oh my God. Okay, I kind of get it now. So like, what's the common thread here? It just seems like like he's gone viral for multiple different reasons. He's lied about the way he got there. like, And now he's created this ridiculous brand off of it. But yeah. I feel like this is karma. You know, Did he lie about how he got there? Or at least he was intentionally vague. Yeah. Well, he's spoken about the webcam thing. Yeah, but he's very vague about, you know, like he'll go, he went on Piers Morgan interview and said he was a billionaire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Forbes wanted to put him on the billionaire list, he said. They called him up. But how? I don't know. I, it's just, it's ridiculous. But <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I just, <laughs> sometimes I, it's better to make pizza at home. Elon <laughs> Musk tweeted. This is hilarious. This is actually the world's. Second richest man? What is he now? I, who he cares? dropped down to two, yeah. Ouch. After being the first man in history to I'm lose $200 billion. Oh, yeah, right. You think he cares? Yeah, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, I actually bought some Tesla yesterday. Yeah, well, good time for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's amazing that he, like, imagine you're, like, on the board of directors <laughs> for Tesla, and you're like, hmm, we really need that guy back here, you know, because missing delivery estimates, their stock dropped 13% yesterday. Glad it did, but mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, this is what Elon's doing. This is what he's busy doing. This is what he's busy doing on New Year's Eve. He's commenting about Greta Thunberg versus Andrew Tate on Twitter. He might be the ultimate internet troll. Might be. Uh, okay, he well, controls Trump, the internet. Trump now. is up there. Yeah, but he got deplatformed. That's true. And he like now didn't he... take the bait to come back. Yeah, he should have. Well, now he just has people tweeting on his behalf. That sucks, though. Yeah. His 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 old ones, like the one that we talked about in one of the past podcasts where he was... <laughs> I promise not to do this to... <laughs> the Greenland thing. The Greenland. That was the best. That was good. Like, that was that was so next level that you just... I couldn't believe it. You know, it was like it was like four or five years ago now, but like, oh, this is the president? You're like thinking just like Elon Musk. You're like, huh, I wonder what Elon's doing today. I hope he's doing something productive for the company that he owns. I know because you, you'd think if Elon wasn't on social media, you'd be like, oh, this guy probably wakes up at 4 a.m., does his gratitude practice, oh goes God. for a walk, has his little coffee, you know, has a bunch of meetings. <laughs> it's like, nope, he's he's lying in bed scrolling Twitter, being I, a troll. I'm sure he's doing well the 4 a.m. thing also, but like, yeah, also he's just like, guys, just hang on to whatever thought you're having about us making a billion dollars, just please. I got something important to do. What What if I told you the only way to escape the matrix is to unlearn everything you have been taught and rebuild your entire belief system based on critical but thought like, and analysis? Where, also, where's he getting these memes? Do you think he has a meme guy? <laughs> could you imagine? That would be that's high level. It, just, I, I mean, mean, I guess you could, right? He's got to. Like, wow. he's not creating this stuff. Or, I mean, he could be just Googling. Look at this. It's dangerous to believe anything blindly. The science is settled. <laughs> That's how science works. You're a racist. But like, you think he's just scrolling <laughs> Twitter all day and then he saves these memes and he's like, oh, this is good. I'll post this. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. <laughs> that one's pretty good, too. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I, I don't know, man. This is We're going to go down this this ridiculous but, ramble, Well, but Here, now that uh, Andrew Tate is stuck detained for first of all i'm really unclear about all this work so i guess their legal system is different than ours but like would they have to have a certain amount of proof to be able to, like if you're detaining him 
but it, there's no actual conviction. Like, how do you just hold someone for 30 days to be like, well, well we, we, we might get something. Really? No, well, yeah. So... Hello, friends. We wanted to remind you about our exclusive offer from Element for Hybrid Unlimited listeners. You can snag a free gift when you purchase your pack of Element over at www.drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's www.drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. You can also find that link in the show notes or over on the podcast Instagram page. If you sweat, you need Element. It's the tastiest electrolyte supplement on the market, trusted by athletes at the highest level. We love it, and we know you will too. All right, back to the show. Lawyers of the podcast, please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know in the U.S., like, if, like, imagine DOJ comes after you. So I guess this is, like, mm-hmm. the, the the body that arrested him there is, I think, similar to, like, our FBI, right? Like, it's their internal sure. bureau of whatever, organized crime task force. And, like, the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope that this is legitimate is, like, I think they're an EU member state. So as long as they're an EU member state, they have to abide by like the governing rules for the entire EU. So I think the justice system is, let's see. Yep. Okay. So they're part of the EU, which means they're held to at least some standard when it comes to like, you know, investigations and criminality and things like that. But in the U S like, let's say the DAJ, like we're going to prosecute this guy. By the time they get a grand jury to drop an indictment, and go for an arrest. Mm. They've been building a case for a long time. Right. But so what, what do you know what that detainment is for? It's like, well, imagine that they arrest somebody who has multiple different, like compounding factors. Right. And again, I'm not a fucking lawyer, but yeah. this is, this is pretty common sense. Like you arrest, arrest a guy that has a lot of money, multiple passports, access to private jets. They're a flight risk. Right. How are you going to prosecute somebody if they leave and go to Dubai? Oh, so it's just sort of like being denied bail until your trial right. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. but, but there's a limit on this, 30 days. So they have to well, I guess they're, yeah. They have to figure out their whatever they're going to officially charge them with in court. To... I would assume so. But like imagine uh, the most recent one in the US was Sam Bankman-Fried with FTX, right? Like that was right. it's pretty epic, but they they extradited him. They actually formally filed charges in the Southern District of New York. They extradited him to New York. He was under arrest, and mm-hmm. by the time he appeared before a judge, the judge had the discretion to say, "We are like because it wasn't it wasn't like the judge that went out and uh, and went out and like dropped the indictment, right? Like it was DOJ and SEC mm-hmm. together. Like it, that's a pretty serious charge, but that means they have enough probable cause, enough evidence, whatever it is, for the case." But SBF, like, they didn't determine he was a flight risk. They took his passport. They have a huge amount of money mm-hmm. up in bail collateral. So yeah. he can't really run. And, like, you know, he's got parents that are, was like... Was it $250 million bail? Which is funny. There's See that article down there that says SBF gets to keep bail cosigners cryptic or uh, secret? That means somebody posted $25 million for him. $250 million. Well, you have to, only have to put, you only have to pay ten percent of that to get oh, a bond, okay. right? right. But it, it, like, I guess the bail—I don't know how it works—but like, you pay ten percent. Bail bondsman basically guarantees that whole thing with the twenty-five million dollars you've already put up. So, anyways, like, they just assume he's not going to run. He apparently he's under house arrest while he's out at his parents' place, which is, you know, his parents were uh, like they're Harvard lawyers, really? I think, or not lawyers? I mean, I don't know. They're they're very like. 
they're like well-to-do societal people. I think that they are Harvard lawyers or professors or something, but they're very like uh, up there in the, the world of high education, like patent law or some kind of intellectual property type law or something like that. But he pled not guilty. I saw that. That's a bold strategy. Which is insane because it looks like his two co-conspirators have already flipped on him. They've have already they? pled guilty. Yeah. Wow. The chick that ran the, the like, you, you know how that whole thing went down, right? How they got busted? No, the, the relationship between this chick, Carolyn, she was the one that ran, like, the trading business, the, the hedge right. fund that was connected to FTX. That Had, like, no relevant experience prior. Basically. Uh, no, but what's the story there? I, I don't they know. They all got, a, she got arrested, too. Her and the other, yeah. her and one other guy got arrested, and she's already pled guilty and so is the other guy he's pled not guilty the only the only way you get a chick like this to plead guilty and the other guy to plead guilty that quickly is they're gonna go and they're gonna cooperate against him right and i guess maybe then he's gonna try to pin it on them right so now it's gonna i'm guessing it's gonna go back and forth like but look she's already she's already coming out and claiming that you know that was all his idea you know yeah she's got a face for radio huh (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot. You know what's funny? Whenever you see uh, business cycles, like the ones we just went through, like societal upheavals, things go up and down. We saw this in like 2008, 2010, when all those fraudsters went to jail, and right. you know, Bertie Madoff went to jail, and you know, even before that, like Enron and all that kind of stuff. Like, you just like when things are going so well, like people just don't check under the hood for this kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. when the music stops, like that's what happened. Like eight months ago and now things are starting to shake out in like a really serious way you know now you're starting to see some of this stuff come to light because like their money you know they probably would have been fine running this you know basically a ponzi scheme until you know if things kept going up and up they could have just hit it for a a while at least yeah she's 28 dude wow eight billion dollar loss i mean that's just unbelievable and how uh how old was he He's like our age. He's like 30, 31. Wow. Something like that. I mean, he's a young dude. I think he's 30. He just looks like a guy. I mean, now he's probably is sitting in his mom's basement playing video games, but he looks like he'd be that guy. Well, it probably was. He just put on a really good face as far as like what his quote unquote intentions he, were. He just seems so shifty though. Like how did people get, I get it if you're this good looking charismatic person and you're a smooth talker. I mean, this guy just like, I wouldn't buy a freaking well, you used know the, Xbox. You know the off story this guy. he told everybody. His whole the whole reason he got famous not only because he had a big company that you know had a bunch of big partnerships and Binance invested in him, but he basically told this story about his wealth that he was going to become a quote unquote all uh, uh, like effective altruist or altruistic billionaire or. I don't forget the I forget the exact verbiage that they used, but basically he said the only reason he was making money and he kept up this like look at this ridiculous image he had. Look, he's on the stage with he's sitting next to Bill Clinton, like and he's oh my god with gross, he looks like a white bum. socks. But he said that his whole no, purpose behind making money was to give it all away, and really it was the complete opposite. and drive a Corolla and like do all of this weird stuff that was uh, basically all in service of, of giving money away to people and causes that like deserved it loophole the people or him and the cause was his 
Right. I mean, like, <laughs> bro, like if you lost that much money, like you would hope a guy had a Bugatti in a private jet like Tate did. I know. I, he too bad nothing... he didn't show up to court like that. No, nah, I think he wore a suit. Stained white t-shirt and nah, cargo I think shorts. He, he wore a suit. Still no haircut, but he definitely wore a suit. Wow. Doesn't I mean, look great. There's been a, a lot, a lot of just crazy stuff happening lately. Have you looked at the list of all the people who, like, famous people who died in 2022? By the way, it's like mm. a new person every freaking week. I mean, I'm sure I would recognize it if we ran down the list, but oh, and did you see the? This is a random aside, but did you see the football player that collapsed on the field in the Bills oh, game? You know, that's that's actually a pretty interesting story because. Football is like really revered in the United States. This is so crazy. Yeah. He makes the tackle. He's not the ball carrier. He makes the tackle. Oh my God. Gets up and just collapses. Heart attack. And he's still in, he's still in critical condition on a ventilator now. Dude, really? From what I've heard, he, when he, what, what I've heard just from different bits and pieces of media is that, uh, he's kind of he was best case scenario that it happened here and he received cpr right away and then apparently his heart stopped again either when he was on the way to the hospital or when he got there so then they had to revive him again they put him on a ventilator they had it uh like he wasn't breathing at all on his own they had it like a hundred percent and then apparently they've reduced the amount of oxygen coming from the ventilator to 50 percent now and they're trying to trying to wean him back into like breathing on his own that's scary because, you know, football is like just seen as this like ubiquitous American thing. And like, I don't I mean, like you, if you take all of like the glamour away from it, like just think about how dangerous that is for the players. It, it is. It is dangerous in so many ways. The way that I find it the most dangerous. Well, there's two things, right? Just getting beat up like your body. So yeah. quality of life once you retire, like that's something that sucks. But obviously the brain damage CTE, that's a huge one. But th- this was interesting about this one is like there had to have been some sort of pre-existing condition or, you know, mm. what like like a like an arrhythmia or something, something. It's like, well, you don't know. And not to, you know, this is this obviously like my heart goes out to this guy and his family and the team and everyone involved. But it makes you wonder about things like PEDs and, uh, you know, stimulants and, you know, things that have all these contraindications that maybe you don't think about when you're young, you know, and maybe you, maybe there's a history of like heart problems in the family or I don't know. But if you see it, like you see guys get absolute, like, I don't think it was from the hit. You see guys get absolutely wrecked all the time. You know, this guy made the tackle and he, and it wasn't even like a huge impact. He just, he basically just wrapped the guy up and took him down. See, I thought when I heard the story, look at like he makes the tackle. And oh, then, so I thought I thought he got hit. No, he wasn't even the, the other team had the ball. Look at it. Oh no no, so he did get hit. Like he received an impact making yeah, the yeah, hit, yeah. but the way I understood it was like somehow the hit could have caused the heart attack. Which I mean clearly looks like it was a contributing factor. I mean, you don't know the details, but you're right. Like the point you bring up is is interesting because they don't talk about any of that stuff in the NFL. Like the NFL is seen as this squeaky clean organization, and like maybe it is, but I, my opinion no, on it is that it's probably not. And like you know, like I'm obviously not going to be the one to 
throw rocks in a glass house here, but it's there's a danger to it when you're playing at this level and the financial motivation is really, really high. And for like, sure. what does that mean for the club owners? What does that mean for the people that are playing? Like, do they, like they don't have the same incentives as like the physicians trying to keep them safe, you know? Yeah. Oh, in 100%. Any well, and then and the physicians are put in such a, a difficult position because on the one hand, right. If you say, if a guy's in, in like injured, right. He's kind of borderline. And you say, nah, this guy's not good to play. Everyone's mad at you, right? But then if you, if the guy's borderline and you put him into play and then he gets injured, now everybody's mad at you. So it's like, it's such a fine line to walk. Look at what happened with the, who's the quarterback for Miami? The one that got oh, two concussions uh, back to back. It's not, it's not Tua Vasa. No, that's no, a that's completely the, different guy. I can't remember his name. He He's does have like a name really that's funky. like Tua or something like that yeah but he uh forgive us football fans but yeah i'm, um, I'm the worst <laughs> you know that that was a guy who i'm sure the doctor was under a lot of pressure to put this yeah. star player back in the lineup you know everyone's like just say he's good say he's good and the guy goes okay he's good guy goes out boom concussion again you know the, the physician was just watching the game like, he's like i'm fired yeah well i mean he probably got pressured and i mean Obviously, we can't talk about any specifics, but you you and I know the same story. We were told by a friend of ours where they were going to compete in a very, very prestigious competition, and they did some health screenings on the guy preliminarily before the competition. Oh, that's and right. like, there is no way he should have been allowed to compete. I think he actually had to go to multiple doctors to get approval because he got didn't yeah. get approved the first couple times. But, you know, think about it. If you're in that guy's position, like, what was his his, you know, very loose quote was like, this is my life. You yeah. can't tell me no. Like this is this is where I make my money. This is my fame. Like, and I get it. Like if you're in that guy's position. Like train your whole life for this thing. And you think uh, they should be allowed to uh, take that risk if they say they want to? It's just that you just get into such a weird territory. Because like I get what you're asking me, and yeah. like my heart says no. My heart says like you watch stuff like this and you watch all the bodybuilders like. Dude, I feel like they should be doing that in the world of bodybuilding too. I feel like they should be taking sure. like, very serious health precautions like and I, I get the this there's an article that came out in the new york times not long ago talking about the weird uh repercussions behind the world of bodybuilding and this was i think geared toward like females mm -hmm. but you're starting to see a lot of people die and like whenever i, I it's, yeah. it's very hard for me to even look at the world of bodybuilding at this point because whenever i see it i feel like very uncomfortable well because you know no matter how well they're treating their bodies in terms of eating nutrient-dense food and exercising and uh yeah, sleep you yeah. know that there are serious negative yeah, health impacts in that it's just that we don't we don't have to say that. it but everybody well, knows no, the mean, big elf in the room well peds are are obviously one of them that are pre are compulsory if you're going to compete in in untested bodybuilding sure but the even just being of that size you know, is like, there's a reason why big dogs don't live as long as little dogs, like, you know, and, and these guys are not only huge, but they're so supernaturally huge. They're, yeah. they have a system that is built for somebody who maybe weighs 120 or sorry, uh, 180 pounds. And now they're 300 pounds. Now your heart has to get bigger to, to support that. And there's tons of implications, you know, it's, and that's not even the worst of it. I mean, the world of bodybuilding, at least you have these guys, they just go through this unbelievable fluctuation in body weight and water retention and all this stuff throughout the year. And then the closer they get to the competition, they have almost no carbohydrates. They're on more PEDs than you could possibly imagine. 
And then they're cutting down to a level of uh, body fat and water loss. That's like, to me, it's just, it's terrifying. Not, not because I would be scared of the actual process of it, but at least for me, I'm just as a bystander of the sport of bodybuilding, like specifically bodybuilding, you're just seeing a lot of dudes drop dead. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, every, every single competition prep has got to be taking years off your life, right? It's like, how many times? It has to be. How many times are you going to do that before you're like, um, you know? Um, well, I mean, cats off to the guys I'm about to mention, but who actually comes out of it looking like Dorian or looking like Half Thor or even Eddie? I mean, Eddie's still big, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he's turned himself around. He looks yeah. completely different. And you see other guys like Ronnie and, you know, unfortunately, you see some of the younger dudes. Like, who was that 20, well, he's like 25 when he passed of like, I always get these two confused, him and uh, Callum Von Moger, but it's one no, of those type. Back, actually. No, I saw that as well. I mean, he had a that rough go scary. too. Didn't he jump out a window on, on drugs or something? Yeah, like well, apparently uh, taking meth. But no, the young dude who was like a prodigy in the bodybuilding Oh, Z's. You're talking about Z's? No. Back in the day? No, 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 no. This was just a couple years ago. Not Slavo Zizek. Mm. Of course, your your search history No, but it's a guy that, that is, he's one of those Pretty boy, Callum Von Moger type guys. Like and he, that's why um, I always get them mixed up. Um, fuck. I mean, he was like a big staple in Generation Iron, but um, he he was the one who passed out from people thought it was insulin. Yeah, uh, I would assume that's probably yeah, more likely than just yeah. choking on a piece of food. Like he might have, but people speculated because apparently they found him with like a bagel in his mouth or something. Apparently they thought that he was trying to yeah get his blood sugar back up. Because they don't, you know, this is, again, this is like the underside of the bodybuilding world. And, like, I respect the sport. I respect the people that do it. But there is, you know, I, I don't like to talk about things without being real about it. And to me, it's a scary sport to be involved in because of the, you know, the abuse that happens with drugs. And especially when you start talking about, like you were just mentioning, or people taking insulin and stuff like that. Yeah. Just put your body in this very unnatural position where, like, okay, well, what happens? Like. Now you've got into a hypoglycemic state and like your body can't deal with what's going on. And like, he just died. I mean, that was it. When you're Dallas talk- uh, McCarver. That there was what I was go. talking about. He was a freak. He was, yeah. I mean, like an unbelievably accomplished looking bodybuilder. But man, I mean, what a sad. That was super sad. What a sad way to go. I mean, look at this dude. He was, he, he probably would have been one of the next Mr. Olympia competitors, contenders, I should say, like top three top four and maybe now after this year's mr olympia like i don't know if you picked up on this but a lot of the guys that place top three hottie and um was it hottie or honey uh hottie hottie okay so hottie and like dude number sec yeah. number two was uh derek lunsford yeah just moved up from 212 but mm-hmm. like man he looks he looked you know, for bodybuilding in the world of bodybuilding, he looked great. Yeah. Like he didn't have as much mass as some of the big guys, you know, he, his midsection was a lot thinner and he just doesn't look like, um, last year's winner, big Rami, like big Rami is a 330, yeah. 350 pound dude. Like, well, hopefully for, for health's sake, they're moving away from that mass monster type thing. That's what you're getting. At. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Cause well, I hope so. Well, because if you look at, Back in the day, the golden era, you know, those guys didn't look like the muscle or the mass monsters that we see today, like no. Arnold and all those guys. They mm-hmm. had they had wild physiques, but they had 
physiques that were relatable, right? They just look like a regular muscular person, but bigger. Yeah. Whereas some of those, the mass monsters, they look like a different species. Yeah. And I don't know what caused that. I mean, I, I have my own theory that it was probably like the introduction of insulin and stuff like that, where it really started to let guys just become massive. And probably the, the accessibility of it became yeah. a whole, came a lot it easier. It didn't happen until like the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, at the, look at the difference there, right? Like Arnold looks great. You know, Arnold, Arnold is a guy that can could wear clothes and go out and, and you'd be like, wow, that guy's enormous. But like, yeah, you know, but he looks like he looks like a physique that that a lot of people who aren't bodybuilders would like to have. Yeah. Whereas but he just looks you look at like, good. But you look at like Ronnie Coleman or, you know, some of those huge guys, you know, I, I think the majority of people, if you went up to them on the street and said, mm -hmm. hey, would you like to look like this? They'd say no. No, I mean, even I would say that. Really? And I mean, I'm I'm 300 pounds, but I'm not like Ronnie Coleman, 300 pounds. You yeah, know? like that's there's a there's a big difference in that. And I I don't know, like, what's your take on it? Like, do you think that you could regulate bodybuilding or the NFL or any of these organizations where there's so much of a financial incentive behind the individual competitor? And like, do you think there's a way you could do that successfully, keep them healthier? It's tough because as as all the performance enhancing drugs you know like they evolve first mm. and then the tests have to catch up with them and i mean i think the reason why the nfl comes across pretty squeaky clean like you said is because of how lax they are with their testing like it's mm. they're so it's so permissive to do it there even if you get caught you just get a few game suspension you pay a fine and you're back in the in the game right, right? you know it's it's not like you know it, it, in, you'd have to do like USADA, you know, where and, and people who don't know anything or who have never competed internationally, um, they like to pretend or they like they think because they've heard other people say it and then they regurgitate it that it's super easy to beat these drug tests. It's not. I was in the 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 WADA uh, testing pool when I was in university and I had to fill out this thing called an Adams form. And oh, yeah. what that Adams form does is it tell you have to put in one hour for every single day where you will 100% be right so that they can come to that place mm -hmm. on that given you. day and test you. And you don't know what and day if you're not come. there, then you get, you get a, a strike against you, right? And you get a strike and you only get two of those. So, um, you know, people, and, and if you're taking, you know, drugs that are in your system for a while it doesn't matter they could come test you mm -hmm. you're, or try to test you you're not there you go oh thank god and then they just come test you another time it's still in your system even if you got off of it right you know you're gonna get you're gonna get popped anyways yeah. and yeah. like i don't know who thinks that you can easily beat that testing pool because like you it doesn't even matter if you beat it today because they'll catch you in 10 years that's the thing. It seems right? like it, especially least. in Olympic sports, they really wanted to make an example of of everyone. The sports that well, not the ones that make too much money, like track. They're kind of like oh, eh. I mean, just weightlifting. But weightlifting, yeah, 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 yeah. weightlifting, they really made an example of. Yeah, I mean, what was the biggest bust of the year? Do you remember for the Olymp the last quad? Shikari. Well, yeah. Well, did you see who just got busted today? No, or not today. Sorry, but uh, just the last couple of weeks. No, it's heartbreaking. Lu Jun.
Oh yeah, but he <laughs> they they popped him for something so ridiculous. Really? What was it? I, I didn't. Even... I think it was growth hormone or something. No, it was EPO. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, okay. Which is so which weird. Is, for, that is a bizarre drug to be taking. For, for people him. who don't know, EPO is is a drug that they usually use in in sports like cycling that yeah. require a lot of. That's uh, what Lance was doing. Yeah, well, that's what like why well, all those why would he be doing do. that? I don't know. Like, what do you need all the? What do you need the cardio for? Yeah, I don't. I mean. I get it. I, I think that it's it's a weird thing not to get popped for that. That to me is not the weirdest part. The weirdest part is they finally popped a Chinese weightlifter. Yeah. Has there not been one as far, in recent history? Well, I mean, as far as I remember, no. Because, I mean, think about all the great Chinese weightlifters like him and Tian Tao. Like, none of them ever got a negative test ever. I, a lot of them are smart, too. I think a, a lot of that wave retired as soon as everyone started testing positive. They're like, eh, we'll just get out of here. You know, we had a good run. I'm not going to push it. Yeah, the world of weightlifting slowly getting whittled down to like less and less enjoyable. Uh... <laughs> but but to be fair, it's making it more of an even playing field. It, it is because, sure. Sure. you know, you're, you're they're popping big names, you know. There's some guys who I still think are untouchable, but people thought Ilya was untouchable. And then look what happened to him. I, I Yeah, I'm just waiting for round two with big man. With uh, Lasha? You think? It's just got to be a matter of time. That would be so sad for the sport. He's really the last, like, superhuman kind of star well, that just... He's, like, the only one now. That's what I mean. I mean, do you know of any other competitors right now? Like, there's the second second best super heavy is, like, an Armenian dude. He's very strong, but, like, you don't like watching that guy. Like, I don't want to watch Gormasanian snatch walk, like, 210 kilos because it's just... Well, Lash is just such a larger-than-life character, not just physically, but... Like the things yeah. he does, like all the videos that have gone around where he's just dummying the most ridiculous weights in, in the warm up hall. Like there's been years, I'm pretty sure, where he's done in the training hall leading up to the competition. Like in the competition training hall, has lifted more than what second place lifted uh -oh. on the platform. Yeah. And it's like, that's that is obviously mind blowing, and like the videos of him. Have you seen how freaking tall that guy is? Yeah, he's is like when you six, see him, six. when you see him on, uh, you know, everybody looks big in the super heavyweight category when you see him on TV. But there's a video of him that blew my mind where he's stretching out his wrists on the basketball rim. So like he's oh just holding God. the rim, standing flat footed, holding the rim, and just <laughs> leaning to stretch his wrists. That's out. awesome. Yeah, like, he's he's a glorious, beautiful fat man, and I love yeah, it. He's huge. I love it. Like I love watching guys like that. Like, like you know, the super heavyweights are my some of my favorite weightlifters. Beside, like you know, the one hundred nine, whatever the category is these days, one hundred nine, one ten, yeah, whatever it is. Like, it, it's it's sad to see them all get kicked out of there, and like kind of still makes me question the timeline behind them actually kicking weightlifting out of the Olympics because I think at this point it's like. It's just going to be a matter of time. I don't know if the sport's going to ever be able to fully reform itself to the point that WADA and uh, like the world, what is it, the the World Olympic Committee? What do they call IOC? themselves? IOC, yeah, IOC, like continues to allow them in. Like I, I feel like all of, like all these headlines that we're pulling up here, like you know, it's just like they're just constantly threatening them. And like the more these negative tests come out, because like think about it, every time one of these high level dudes gets popped, it's like. Well, what's what do you have left? Yeah, and especially you know as the level of competition goes down because all these guys are getting out of it, it's probably getting even less viewership. Yeah, it's already a sport that doesn't have a ton. You know, I love it and appreciate it because I've been immersed in it. But 
you know, if you're just a regular person who's the typical person who tunes into the Olympics, you know, and is all psyched about sports every four years for like a month, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're looking at all the different sports to watch. It's like you got sprinting, which is 10 to 20 seconds, depending, you know, on mm-hmm. the, the race or a minute of like just pure action. And then you've got like weightlifting. That's like one second of action, two minute or minute break, one second, two minute break. Yeah. You know? I think this, the, they, I don't know. I don't know if it's just them not catching up with the times. Like, obviously, like, if you're going to have clean sport, like, that's a rule. you got to enforce it. I can't mm-hmm. argue against that. I still want to see the big freaks go out and lift big weights. But, like, they're also creating bad press for themselves by, like, allowing stupid stuff. Like, I'm not knocking skateboarding, but, like, mm-hmm. skateboarding and track and field right next to each other in the same Olympics and you're going to kick weightlifting out. Like, I feel like, I feel yeah. like that's a little ridiculous. And then also, like, the girl I just mentioned, Chikari, like, she was like a world-class sprinter and they popped her for smoking marijuana. Like in what yeah. world is that a performance enhancing drug? That's a weird one too, because I'm pretty sure in, in the United States, uh, it's, it's allowed. Like it's just not allowed in competition, but your levels, you know, or if they're under a certain amount, meaning like you didn't just smoke, then it's fine. Well, who would use it to help them in competition anyways? I think the argument is that it, it can help with s- sleep and appetite. Sure, and I, I could see how like I know you know that's a positive, right? But right. like if you're gonna kick somebody out of the Olympics, like and she had a pretty compelling story, like you know I don't I don't remember it was some big family issue that had happened, and you know she's like yeah I got high, like I was stressed, like I was upset, like I think something pretty serious had happened in her life, but like that's also not a good look for the IOC, and like the more they do this kind of like deleterious stuff, and they don't keep the integrity of the games, like I. Th- I feel like they they risk losing respect for the actual like spirit of it, which is pretty cool. I love the Olympics. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they've made a mistake in on a lot of different levels. I think in the in the last one, like I think their viewership was the lowest it's ever been. Tokyo or the Winter uh, Games that they did in China. China, yeah. uh, it was the lowest viewership of all time. I believe, or like in recent history, since people have been able to view mm. it on a, a huge scale, um, because they made it the only way you could watch most of it was if you subscribed to that new uh, ABC platform, Peacock. Oh, really? Yeah, it was huh. all on there. So it's like, well, it's a barrier to entry. Like people already have it's like Hulu, HBO, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video. It's like. <laughs> Dude, we we like, got enough. You ever look through your your list of like shit, and you just I, every once in a while I'll do it, and I just get so pissed off. I'm like, what the like, what what is this? Are you <laughs> insane? Like, what are we paying for these fifteen different things? I know, but then it's like, one you know, you cancel it, and then like for example, I pretty much basically just have uh, Hulu so I can watch Yellowstone. You know, yeah. it's like you get you get these these services You're off Netflix? for one show. No, no. I'm saying that's the reason why I have Hulu. Oh, OK. You know, but then there'll be a show on Netflix and it's like I'm only interested or one in one or two things on there. But it's like you have to have them all to watch the things that you like. Well, it's like everybody hated cable because it was like kind of like a ridiculous thing and very cumbersome and very expensive. And it's like, well, now you can have it all. And it probably costs more in aggregate than the one service that you were subscribed. Like, I wouldn't want to be a part of mm-hmm. the whole cable thing anymore. Like I was in my house today with my dad. And we were like, well, the whole house is framed out. And I was like, all right, well, w- what am I not thinking of? What am I missing? And he's like, well, you need a cable hookup. And I was like, a cable hookup? And he's like, yeah, a coaxial cable hookup. And I was like, dad, 
Like, and he, my dad's a builder. He does, well, he's a construction. You know what, though? I was like, I, I can't think of a single reason why I would need that. Well, when I bought my condo in Toronto, I, uh, my um, internet came like with a package that gave you like digital cable or whatever sure. through Bell. And, uh, you know, I, I thought like that before, but then I realized what's the most frustrating thing about Netflix? The garbage content? Well, except like yeah, once a year be, when something decent comes out? It's finding something to watch. I'll spend a half an hour looking for for a TV show that interests me. Whereas you can just scroll through what's on on the cable box and like, you know, in the little yeah. thing and you can see all the different, what's on, oh, Seinfeld, what's next, this. It's like it kind of takes a bit of that or like you throw it on one channel and then just five different shows play and it keeps it interesting. If you know, that's if that's the case, I've been there. Yeah. I hear you, but you I'll just turn miss... on Star Wars. <laughs> don't get <laughs> like, don't get like main, started. Yeah, that's like the main reason I you know I'll have like Disney Plus or something. But yeah, I mean the I, I browsing can see through it. channels. You know you don't miss. I that. like I like and I go to my parents' house. I'll do it. You know because like you know we were there like every day now so like mm. i'll go there and i'm just like oh that's cool and then just like angry people on the news and i'll just turn it off like, <laughs> yeah. i'm never watching this again this is horrible <laughs> the news is terrible i don't know if you've watched the news lately but every once in a while like it'll just pop up in front of me and it's just like it's it's so horrible i know all of it it's i mean it's just a shock value attention grabbing sad thing. yeah but it's man i don't we don't need to go down this rabbit hole but it is scary like other places don't have this problem like i i feel like it's not good but anyways we won't go down there we'll save that maybe for another podcast but we do have some news on the next show we're gonna do uh an interesting one i don't know if we're gonna do this on the next podcast next week or maybe the one after that but we got something kind of uh ridiculous coming up are we are we gonna say stay tuned okay it involves uh one of America's favorite foods. <laughs> <laughs> For next time. I don't even think we told George yet. Well, George. Well, you can you can participate, actually. Yeah, you might be a good third. <laughs> um, you're, you're not interested? Don't be scared. There's no midgets involved. <laughs> no, it doesn't, actually. If you guys know the story behind that one, send me a DM. That was a good one. That was a good day. Wait, to, to go back to... I was sitting in that chair. That's right. All right. This is a fam- famous on. chair. I'm going to get PTSD. Um, to go back to how we like got started on that before we went on our multiple tangents, we were talking about the, the football player. And yeah. I actually wanted to get your opinion on Skip Bayless's uh, tweet. Did you yeah, see what that? Was, no, I know, I know that he said something controversial. Now, read but... this tweet and tell me what you, what you take... What you get from it. So this guy's a columnist? He's, yeah, he's a journalist. I actually am not a big fan of him. He says a lot of off-color stuff. So I think a lot of people were already ready to jump down his throat when he said this. So this, so the guy, this is you know moments after the guy was uh, getting taken off the field. I mean, it just seems tone deaf. Like, unless, he, unless his job is to create controversy, which seems like... Yeah, because like I heard plenty about... It, I never read the tweets. Like, I just didn't, so I didn't I'll, get around I'll to read it. it so people know what we're talking about in case they haven't seen it. His tweet is, No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game, but how? 
this late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial uh, to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Now, everyone took this to mean to they basically thought what he's saying here is like, all right, hurry, get the guy off the field and let's continue the game. We can't cancel the game. Right. And then I saw uh, a video that Dave Portnoy put out talking about this where he was like, I actually think he's saying the opposite. I think what he's saying is what he is saying is that the NFL obviously wants to continue with the game, but at this point it's the game seems irrelevant because this guy's life means more. I guess the way I would interpret this is like, okay, the NFL is considering postponing the game, but like, how could they postpone this game? Uh, but I think the end of it makes it seem like he's saying the game, the the outcome of the game, which is crucial to the regular season outcome, is irrelevant because of what just happened. Right. So, uh, you know, I was ready to jump down a sword too because I don't like a lot of his takes. So I was like, yeah, screw that guy. But then, you know, no, after I, I saw that perspective, the, yeah, the, think, yeah, the outcome's irrelevant because this dude just almost died. Yeah, this guy has been getting absolutely flamed well, online his, for this. What was his like? response was he like saying did he basically say what i just said or was he well i only saw a clip where refuses to delete it yeah um shannon sharp who's his like co-anchor on that this show um brought it up he he skipped the next day's show and skip did it by himself because uh he was offended by the tweet and then apparently he was supposed to not bring up the tweet when he came on uh, on the show again the following day, and then did, and then Skip was like, "I don't, I don't regret what I said. Like, I still stand by what I said." But what was his t- what was his like long form explanation? I, I didn't see if he put one out or not. Did he? Is there like uh, Skip Bayless respond or explains tweet or something? Oh yeah. Well, actually, will you go back to that one? Yeah, that one. I want to. See. I'm pretty sure this is where the the thing I was just talking about. Oh, okay. This is. Uh, okay, never mind. So it was just an article. Um, yeah, see if he, he if he actually like put out a statement about it because. It says apologized. I don't know. The way, at least the way it reads, it's like, I guess it is open to interpretation, but that's not the way I would take I, it. I think, yeah, I think he was just bad at, at, at making it very clear what he meant. But I don't think, you know, if you took the worst possible interpretation, sure. Yeah. You could see it as, uh, hurry up and get this guy off the field so we can keep playing. But, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. No, I saw this. So all he says in this one is he apologizes that they're going to have a show today because he doesn't want to take away. Like they debated not doing a show. They didn't want to take away from yeah. the, the gravity of the tragedy. So forgive me for doing the show. I, know, I mean, this is just a tough thing. I don't, I don't know where you even... Like, who's ultimately responsible for something like this? Like, is it an organization who's, 
you know, putting uh, finances before the health of their athletes. I don't know. I don't know the extent that the NFL goes to to protect the health of the athletes. It will be interesting to see how this plays out to see if he did have a pre-existing condition. You know, if there were things like heart issues that ran in his family, if there were, um, I don't know. I bet if there was a PED thing, I don't think we're going to hear about it. I think that's going to be. I think the NFL has a vested interest in not being transparent about most of what they do. Yeah. But at the bottom, the bottom line of this whole story is like, I, I go back to questioning how effective is the NFL as an organization in protecting the health of the athletes, taking head trauma stuff seriously. Cause like this is tragic a hundred percent. Like it's actually really, really fucking scary to watch that. Like dude just yeah. drops, but like, but I don't want to say goes, but, but that and, goes back to a, a hard thing with, here's the thing. We are allowed to do so many things that are dangerous, right? Right. You can throw on a pair of skis for the first time in your life, go to the top of a mountain and ski down a double black diamond and no one's going to stop you. You can kill yourself so easily, right? You're allowed to do that, right? But as soon as you start trying to soften up, up football and like make it this whole other thing, that's not football anymore. It's like if you choose yeah. to play football, you, we're no one's confused about what football is, yeah. right? You've seen it. We know what it is. It's giant men running into each other with their heads. Like, that's what football is. So it's like, how much re responsibility does the NFL have? It's like, what, are we going to just make it not football? No, but I think that the, the – I don't want to call this a counter-argument, but the only yeah. other position you could take, like, thinking about dangerous sports is, like, society progresses and, like, maybe tastes progress even. But society progresses in terms of it's, like, you know, like we don't like there was a thing back in the early 1900s. Where they used to do horse diving, right? Like they would mm -hmm. go and they would let horses dive off of absurdly high diving boards. And they would like that. It was insane to think about that now. Sure. It's like there is uh, all sorts of animal rights and anti-animal cruelty laws that go out to protect stuff like that. But is that the same for humans in the sports that we engage in because like think about f1 racing nascar racing like there's been a lot of very tragic deaths and like the nfl to me is like it's a pretty impressive sport there's a lot of risks that come with it too and i think watching it you you probably don't think about it because this doesn't happen very often right like, you don't see dudes dropping on the field like he didn't die thank god but like like this is, but this is is not generally what the NFL is criticized for, right? It's the CTE thing, concussions. What's well, all kind know, of? It's not a lot of people, quiet. you know, really being like, "Oh, is everybody's heart okay?" Like you don't see these guys collapsing like this all the time. It's pretty rare. No, I mean, like if you be real about it, like this is tragic, but it's also not common, right? You know, and like. Probably the same in the world of like F1. Like, think about F1. Like, that's incredibly dangerous. You have guys going at top speed in the lightest cars possible and like motorcycle racing. Like, what if one of those dudes just crashes into a wall? Like, yeah. you know, there's a there's a point to be made saying that they understand what they're getting into. They they are fully aware of the risks. Like, it's up to the individual. You know, like probably the libertarian side could make the argument that like you know it's up to the individual to take risks and take responsibility for those risks. But at the same time, like as a society, like what is financially rewarded in the world, you know, and is that right? And I guess that's more of like a very broad, very deep uh, philosophical discussion.
Yeah, but I, I mean, to go back to your point about it, like taste changing and stuff and the horse thing, I feel like it's different because the horse doesn't have a choice. That's the first thing, right? Like the oh, horse yeah, is being sure. told what to do. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Um, and then in terms of taste changing, it's like this is one of the most popular sports in the world. This is what like Americans care about. So they're still obviously very interested in it. I just don't know how you would make that change and it's, it's like yeah there's a lot of injuries that come along with it but it's you know where do you stop like dentists have one of the highest suicide rates in in of any profession you know if, it, if a dentist commits suicide it's like who's yeah. responsible for that I, I mean listen at the end of the day i think if you look at the nfl as an organization there's plenty to criticize just like anything sure but think about the net positive that comes out of it at the same time like I think as these issues garner more attention, they're going to continue to make improvements, hopefully. I mean, sure. I, I don't know the inner workings of it, but hopefully they take some of that stuff more seriously. And, you know, like at the end of the day, it gives opportunity to a lot of dudes that are like coming from parts of the country, like parts mm -hmm. of society that, you know, they might not have a lot of opportunity. Well, especially now that in the NCAA, they can actually make money. That's huge too, right? Yeah. Because now it's not just the small smallest subset of athletes who make it to the nfl who can make some money you can go to university get a university education make money while you're there you know yeah, yeah. how are you going to try and tell some young prospect coming out of the midwest living a poor like poverty-stricken childhood like well you know sorry your opportunity in the nfl is gone now like you could have been a multimillionaire, but you know people are too concerned with your brain like that person has to make that choice I think the organization at the same time has to put safeguards in place to like protect the health of their own business. If you want to look at it that way, like they run a business, your business assets, basically all of your employees that make the business run, mm -hmm. like they probably should do more to protect them. But like, you know, decrying the NFL as a whole, like, you know, that's, I think they, you're right. I mean, they still have the choice as an individual to participate in an action that's potentially dangerous. It's like, you don't see people going out and telling F1 drivers and NASCAR drivers, like, you can't do that because that, you could die. Or UFC fighters. Oh, dude. I mean, same conversation. And people actually die. That's you know? scarier. A, I think there was a guy this year that uh, died in boxing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was, I'm pretty sure it was this year. Yeah, but still, like, look how financially rewarded they are. And, like, unless you're one of the guys like Floyd Mayweather, like, <laughs> well, you just see dudes walking out of the octagon with bloodied heads and broken legs and, like, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, well, I've been around. Have, and that's, that's even the worst of it. The worst of it is half an hour later when all that stuff starts swelling and, you know, they get stitched up. And I've seen guys come out of, uh, you know, like, Come, come out of the back room after their fight in person and it, it's scary to see like really? yeah i i knew someone that lost a fight um and you know went went five rounds got knocked down a bunch of times big exchanges Ugh. just cut swollen you know clearly just in so much pain and once they're done fighting, once they're out that door, it's like you're on your own. Yeah, was that UFC? Uh, bare knuckle. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess those those, but those guys also like they know the risks they're taking. Yeah, like, and that's you know, like in the NFL, at least they've got pads. You know, they've got helmets. They've you know, well, they've at got least they're, they're rewarded very well. Uh, yeah. fighters are not until they make it to the ufc and even then like you see yeah. the story that just came out with paul acosta why he denied that fight in brazil yeah, they wanted to give him 75 grand yeah it's like 
that could end your life or put you in the hospital for the next 10 months. And like, who's covering those bills? Yeah. And that's yeah. Well, and especially if you're in a good financial position and you have the option to say no, it's like 75 grand worth worth your life if you have a couple million Dude, in the I bank already. That's, and... I, you, you'd be hard pressed to make that decision. That's a very hard call to make. Yeah. You know, like even what happened to McGregor, like there was all sorts of controversy about him talking about vaguely using PDs to recover mm. from that thing. And it's like, he made a really good point in response to all those people. Like it was obviously a tweet and like he was mm. being a, kind of funny about it, but <laughs> it's like he had, like he didn't want to end up like uh, Chris Weidman, you know, yeah, like yeah. out, you know, maybe indefinitely. Like he, he lost his ability to have a, a career. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough because, like, if it is your livelihood, like, I mean, for McGregor, it's not necessarily his livelihood. He's got some other things going on. For a lot of those guys, you have an injury like that. This is 100% how you make your money. And then they're just going to be like, well, there is some stuff you can take that's going to make you heal a lot better, but don't do that. And especially if they're out of the, the USADA testing pool. Or the, yeah, which he was... Which he has been very right? smart to do that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's technically not breaking any rules. No. And, like, do you want to walk again? Do you want to fight again? Like, I don't know if he actually wants to fight again, but... He says he does. There, There's a lot of talk about him fighting Michael Chandler. That'd be a, that'd be that'd be a really entertaining one. Those guys one. are brawlers. Chandler's a dog. Yeah. Every one of his fights is fun to watch. And he's really tough, too, and he's got a chin. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you got anything else for today? I mean, I think that's it. How long do we run? We covered the wild world of the internet. Oh, we t- that was a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a surprise for <laughs> hopefully the next, next one. Yeah. I got to starve myself for a week for this <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, happy new year, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for tuning yeah, in. Cheers to your new year's resolutions. Yeah. If whether you uh, made them or not, um, I hope uh, I hope you guys all. We can all strive to, to be a year. slightly better human being this year. Yeah. And if you want to join me in dry January. Do it. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know that you're doing it, and uh, <laughs> we'll stay solid together. Yeah. Join me in strong January. <laughs> starting to lift some weights again. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everyone. Happy New Year.